and you sow a seed in your financial distress. I believe in sowing a seed in financial distress, don't you? Come on, because that takes faith. I believe in invoking a God of abundant provision by demonstration of my faith. I don't, I, don't, I don't tell anybody not to sow a seed. You say, Pastor Brown, wait. Yeah, the widow woman. Jesus didn't stop the widow woman, did he? He didn't catch her at the basket and say, don't put it in. You need it. But rather, he knew by her putting it in in faith, there was a God in heaven. That that would unlock blessings upon her and her family. However, if you sow that seed in your financial distress and you receive a miracle of God's abundant provision and you don't learn to manage your resources with godly wisdom, it won't be long before you're going to be mad at God again. Because you know that's who you really get mad at. When things aren't going right, then you know what we start to Here's what our immediate response is. When we start struggling financially, and everyone into the sound of my voice has had tough times. There ain't nobody here born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Every one of us have had ups and downs and made sacrifices. But there are times, if you're not careful, you'll stop celebrating with somebody else who's being blessed because you're not being blessed in that moment. And that's wrong. And I'll tell you what, you celebrate with them. I'm telling you, if God does something good in their lives, then you celebrate with them. In this text, do you know what led to the man's poverty? Laziness. Slothfulness. The reality is, if you sleep when you should be laboring, you're going to beg in the time of harvest. I want to say that one more time. If you sleep when you should be laboring, you will beg in the time of harvest. See, we've created such... A perverted mindset about poverty in the American culture today. Amen. I'm gonna just go ahead. If you ch- now, sometimes there are situations that some people have received that they couldn't control at the time, but they can make changes. I do believe that. So I'm not trying to judge everybody. I wanna say that very, very carefully. But I want you to know God will allow you to live in your poverty if you choose to live there. If you like it, and you make your bed in it, and you wallow in it, and you complain all the time, and you look with envy upon somebody else who's got a blessing, and you won't get up and do anything about your own life, God will leave you right there where you're at, begging at the gate, waiting for something else. Let me just tell you, here's how I wrote it in my notes. Shut up, wake up, and get up, and quit sitting back envying everybody else's life and resources. I know I'm going to say it, but break the spirit of liberalism off your life. Those who sit around complaining about how good everyone else's life is, waiting for the government to take from the rich to give to you, why don't you just get up, live your life by faith, walk by faith, work with a plan, plan for your future, and quit waiting for the government to plan your future, and trust a God that will see your incentive. Come on, somebody. He'll see your willingness, and he promises to bless and prosper you even in your health. Because as your soul prospereth, so you'll prosper in every area of your life. I believe that with all my heart. So I'm going to share with you some principles that I think apply to both, both health and wealth. And then I'm going to narrow it down real quickly. Is that all right here today? Y'all with me in radio land? Listen, I'm not running for office. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat or a libertarian, or an independent, or any such thing here today. I'm a believer in the Word of God and the principles of faith. 
And the Bible says that God wants you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Right? And you've got to take control of your own life. Number one, these principles apply to both our health and our wealth. You've got to study. Solomon said, in all you're getting, get understood. There's going to be some things in life that you didn't, that you didn't get prepared for in your local high school or your college. And life, you're going to have to continually study. Now you say, wait, what do I, Pastor, I read the Scripture. Not, I believe in reading the Scriptures. I believe because the Bible talks about all different things. But you've also got to study more than just the Scriptures in certain areas of your life if you want to learn about those things. Does that make sense? Study the resources that you can learn how to manage and improve your life. Learn, read, ask questions, get a mentor. <laughs> See, this is what's so foolish about him. You know, the, 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 the liberals hate Trump. Let's just be honest. But, but the economy is going well because for the first time in so many years, we finally elected somebody that was a successful businessman. But what so many want is we want to elect people that have lived all their life as a recipient of government aid and have never owned a business and then ask them to teach us about how to own a business. That makes no sense. And so learn, read, ask questions, grow in knowledge. This is not a pro-Trump rally. There's a lot of things about his life that needs to be met right here at the altar. Right? A, but, there, but the reality is, the principle is, quit complaining, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, quit complaining, take control of your own life. Right? Study, read, learn. Number two, take inventory. you got to know what you've got or what you don't have. Did you know Proverbs 27 says, know the state of your flocks? It said, you got to know the state of your flock. So you got to take inventory. When I was in the military, I was an inventory management specialist. And I take inventory. Sherry manages the resources at the Brown household. All right? But I take inventory. Every so often, every three or four weeks, whatever it is, I get her in there. She's much more computer literate than I am. Everything's online. And I say, I need to know about this. 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 Right? Come on, somebody. Right? Because I don't want it to be caught off guard. I want to know. Number three, write it down. For your health and your wealth. you got to have a vision. Doesn't the Bible say in Habakkuk 2, write the vision, make it plain? Aren't there things in your life that should be written down? that you're thinking about, that you're planning. How about goals? How about strategies? You've got to develop a plan. Nobody can give you, man, that was a poor say, man, for such a great point right there. I know it's simple, but you've got to have a plan, right? Write down a plan. Seek counsel from others. And then here's what I do. I go back and I revisit it, and I adjust it as necessary. I renew it, and then I bring it back to a current place. So write it down. These are applicable. You're talking about my health? Yes, your health. If you're going to live a healthy lifestyle, then you've got to have a plan in front of you. Because if you're just thinking that you're strong enough, you think you're strong enough till you're checking out at the Circle K, and that Mountain Dew is calling your name, and now they don't just have Snicker bars this big. You can get the double Snicker bar that big right there, right? And that thing starts calling your name. You better have a plan. Do you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> Shane, I'll be watching you when we leave. Number four, work hard. 
You're not going to get ahead without hard work. Did you hear that? I'm going to say it whether you shout me down or not. Nothing good happens by chance. Profit is the result of labor. You're going to get tired, but the labor's going to produce the reward. Proverbs 13 11 says, Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But if you gather by labor, you're going to increase. Right? You're going to increase. So you're going to have to work hard. Nothing's going to come uh, and just happen. It's not going to just fall on you. I'm not saying that there won't be blessings along the way because God can bless you along the way. Come on. Amen. God's a supernatural God, abundantly above. But I believe that. But at the same time, we've got to do our part, don't we? Number five principles that are applicable to both. Think about the future, both with your health and your wealth. Here's what I wrote down. If you consume both now in your younger years, you will struggle in your later years in life. I mean, take care of your body. I went out on the tractor recently because I was doing some bush hogging. I should have put this picture up there, Joe. I forgot about it. And let me tell you, when I, it was a hot day. And, and I thought to myself, I know how most people today, you drive by and you'll see that younger person, and I'm still a younger person. In my mind, maybe not in your mind, but I'll see them, they'll be out there in a tank top, sunglasses, wearing shorts, and that sun will be beating them down. And then they'll be living like this and all dried up when they're old. hundred years ago, if you saw them out in the field, they'd be in long sleeve shirts, white, reflecting that sun, big hat. I put it on. I looked like a Jedediah on that day. I took a picture and sent it to my children. And said, I'm going Amish here. Yeah. Alyssa misunderstood it and said, I love it. But she said, but only one wife, buddy. <laughs> I said, Amish, Alyssa, not Mormon. She said, okay, but I don't trust them either. <laughs> so if you come by and catch me on the tractor, I'm thinking about the future. Right? I'm going to try to take care of it now. Because if I don't take care of it now, it's going to be dilapidated later. Number six, start somewhere, start sometime, start now. Man, that's a good word right there. I know that's not deep theology, but sometimes you just need to be hit right there. And somebody just says, get up, make it happen. Start somewhere, start sometime. You are never too old or you're never too young to improve. Beloved, I wish above all that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thou. So listen to this. There were no age brackets on that. He didn't just say to the younger or to the older. He said that to everybody. I wish above all things. And number seven of the principles that I believe are applicable to both, and then I'm going to make it real personal with a couple other things. Give God glory. Along the way, I mean, celebrate the little victories. You're going through weight loss. Don't wait till you make it on a show somewhere and get paraded, you know, and your biggest loser. I don't, don't, don't wait to get it caught. You, you lose five pounds, you need to be Shatakaya Mosian. Come on, somebody, you do. You get a little blessing here or there, you give God the glory all the way for his kindness and his blessing upon your life. I'm going to give you a few nuggets today that I believe will help you because they're going to help. I'm challenging myself. I'm looking at my life. First, for health. I want to say this about our health. Number one, there are often legitimate physical handicaps that it will take a miracle for someone to totally overcome. Is that right? Right? There are, sometimes people are born with physical deformations or handicaps 
that they need a... Now, we believe in a God of miracles, don't we? We believe in that, so we're never going to stop believing. But I'm not, I'm not talking about that type of physical handicap. I'm talking about infirmities and sicknesses that, did you know, a lifestyle change could help you overcome? Hmm. Hmm. Let's face the fact. Let's face it right here today. Take the mask off. Picture yourself looking in the mirror right there and face the fact. I'm talking about your health, your health, my health and your health today. Let's face the fact. There is no alternative to diet and exercise. Can I say it again? You want to improve your health, there's no alternative. I know you can go to Walmart, and now they've got about four different aisles with all these, you know, incentives that help you. Vitamins, minerals, all these things, that's all good. But the reality is, without you taking control of your, come on, of your diet and bringing some type of exercise into the picture, right, and so, get up and take control of your life, because without it, our prayers are in vain. Because you can receive a miracle from God, but you can also fail to maintain that miracle from God. We are inundated with fast foods, aren't we? Processed foods and sugars, and I said, Pastor Brown, don't even go into, I know I don't have the knowledge to talk about this, and I understand, but so many of our health issues could either be avoided or overcome by just starting somewhere. And I'm not saying avoid everything, but I'm just saying it's time to use greater caution. Why is this on my heart as much anymore? Because I'm the youth pastor for the young at heart (laughs) at First Assembly. I am the youth pastor. And you know what? I don't want to see you getting old, dilapidated, physically unable, unhealthy. Why not... Get old with a dance. Come on, somebody, in your step. With a little bit of muscle tone on your body. Make changes in your diet, and the reality is your overall health is going to improve. <laughs> what about exercise? What about hard work, number one? You ain't too old to get out there and mow the yard. I know I told you I teared up when I saw my son when he was in the fifth grade out there on the riding lawnmower and I was in the air conditioner on a hot summer day, I teared up. It was one of the most exciting days of my life. But you know what? I'm all right when Grandma's out there. Grandma needs to get out of that rocking chair. She does. I told you Joel Osteen ain't preaching this at his church. She does. I had a man at my church at Shirley he was so active. His name was Ed Pavalonis. He was from Chicago. He sounded just like Dick Vitale. And that's how he talked. He was so active. He was way in his 80s, taking care of the church. He said, the moment I sit in that rocking chair, it's over right there. And so, because he, he lived by this principle, a body in motion stays in motion. A body at rest stays at rest. So you got to develop some level of cardio, whatever that is, whatever you can do, whatever level. There's a lot of resources available, but you got to work hard and stick with it, right? I want to challenge you. Why can't we take some level of muscle tone into our senior years? Man, I shook hands with a man the other day who was almost 60, 59 years old. And I'm telling you, his, he was tight. I was like, ain't no way. No, and I, and I, I was just shocked. Because he's carrying his body into his senior years as the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
taking care of it. Let me tell you about one woman that got tired of being sick and tired. Let me tell you about one woman at 56 years of age, her and her sister went down to buy a new bathing suit. She was a, she was a secretary, and she considered herself to be an overweight secretary. So her and her sister went down, and when they did, they put on the bathing suits, and they said, you know, I don't think we want to purchase these right now. And the, so they decided they would start working out. They just said, you know what, let's do something about our, our, about our life. That she had never worked out in her whole 56 years. So she started working out, and three months later, her sister suddenly died of an aneurysm. Really hurt her heart, and she stopped going to the gym. She stopped working out, stopped working out. So for six months, she sat at home, and she pouted. Loss. Set her back. Finally, her family and friends got around her and said, Listen, your, our, you know, our mama, your sister, whoever, she would want you to continue. She would want you. So at 56, by herself, she started going back to the gym. She started working out for the very first time. Let's show a picture on the screen today. All right, hit the light. I want somebody to turn the light. I want you to see her. Hit the light, Randy, right there behind you. Randy Grubbs, you. Randall, there you go. Hit it real quick. I want you to see. I want you to see this sister. She is 80 years old, and she runs 10 miles a day. 10 miles a day. She, is, she enters into uh, to a bodybuilding contest. She is the oldest female bodybuilder, and she's 80 years old. And if I put other pictures up on the screen, we would all duck our head and blush. Come on, now why? Why am I? Put that next one up there real quick, Joe, real quick, if you would. There's one. What's it? She's written a book right here. Her name's Ernestine Shepherd. Determined, dedicated, and disciplined, because that's what it's going to take. Now, why is that up there? But I'll tell you what, because she's going out with a bang. Turn the light back on, if you would, Brother Randy. Thank you. She's going to go out with a bang. I'm not saying that you're going to look like that. But I'm saying I'm encouraged. Come on, I'm encouraged that we can age gracefully by the grace of God. But it's going to take hard work. Oh, I'm preaching way better than y'all shouting right there. But I'm going to go ahead, second wealth, real quickly today. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Take control of your health. There are some things that may be beyond your control, but there are some things that are within your grasp. You got to do it. You got to. I have to do it. I have to transition. I have to make changes. Number two, wealth. Let me say this. Having a, I'm going to sound like JoJo Riggs today because JoJo is Dave Ramsey Jr. Having a lower paying job is no excuse. Well, with careful planning, you can get ahead. <laughs> you have to have a plan. You have to have a budget. I would dare wonder if I asked people to raise their hand who does not have a functioning budget under the sound of my voice today. We would be shocked I'm not going to ask you, because we're not going to embarrass anybody here today, at the amount of people that just live life in hopes that they know and that it's going to all work out. And you're going to tell you what, it usually don't work out. Right? you got to know what you got. you got to ask hard questions. you got to see where it's going, and you got to direct it where you want it to go. Does that make sense? You've got to limit debt in your life. 
The same Solomon said the borrower is servant to the lender. You've got to have a savings account. The ant, the same Solomon that talked about the animal kingdom, talked about the ant. And he said the ant doesn't have an overseer or a guide, but she'll gather in the summer and store up for winter. You've got to have a savings account. If at all possible, get another stream of income. What does that mean? If you'll search hard enough, you'll find ways to get a little stream of income flowing in. Did you hear that? I'm going to make it real practical to you. Let's say you're retired. And you say, Pastor, I live on my Social Security and I just barely get by. Did you know that a $10 an hour job, 12 hours a week, will yield you $100 per week? With that, if you save it and not spend it, Within three months, you'll have the Dave Ramsey $1,000 emergency fund. Six months from then, you'll have enough money to take a little trip in the new church van. Did y'all hear that right there? Because when you get on that new church van, I will have an offering container waiting on you right there. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all shouting. I feel Jesus. I hadn't even got to the good stuff. Y'all stay with me. I'm going to wrap it up in a minute. Let me tell you this. This is my heart to yours. Quit wasting your wealth with depreciating assets. You got to have the newest toys, the newest games, the newest computers, and the newest automobiles. They cost this and they're worth this in a matter of weeks and months at times. Eventually, you've got to gain an appreciating asset. Eventually, you have to. Money has to become an asset or a tool that will work for you. Proverbs 14 and 4 says, Where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of an ox. I'm here right now preaching to you. But in a field next to my house, I got a cow eating green grass that's nursing its calf with white milk. And later this fall, I'm going to take it down to Jason, Joe, and Jerry Holmes and exchange it for green money. Glory to God. And it's working while I'm standing right here preaching the gospel. That's the route I chose. You may not be able to have a, a, a cow, but I'll tell you what, you can find something that will generate income for you. Lastly, live, live in a simple home and strive for home ownership. Did you hear that? Strive for it. Believe God for it. Proverbs 24 and 27 says, prepare your work without and make it fit for yourself in the field and afterwards build your house. Did you, and yet afterwards build your house. Proverbs 24 and 3 says, through wisdom a house is builded. Proverbs 19 and 14 says, houses and riches are the inheritance of fathers. I'm going to challenge you. It's not too late. If it ought to live in a simple home, and if possible, if you're situated, not everybody's situation allows. Some people don't want to or don't need to because they can't maintain it. I understand. But for many, especially the younger, make it your goal to own a house. Because when you do, most of the time, that's an appreciating asset. I know there's some situations where that's not always the case. I'm going to tell you a personal story in closing. Can I do that? I know you're saying, does that mean you're really close? And it does. It's 12 o'clock. It's a very personal story. In a very unique situation. In 1984, my mom was diagnosed with lupus. I was a 10th grader in high school. And we were living uh, in our home there beside the Wilburn School, which is now the other side, in a, in a brick home that mom and dad had purchased. And we 
had financed that. And I didn't know that much about it. Most 15-year-olds don't know that much about those things. My dad worked at SMB Power Tool or Skill in those days, and, um, which is a very respectful job. Working in factories, hard work, right? And, but, but with oftentimes modest wages, right? Correct? And so uh, my mom, uh, for many years, she hadn't worked much. She was a homemaker most of the li- her life, but she did work some. But my sister was already at the edge of graduation. I was at the point of graduation soon, a couple of years. And I mean, you know, that's often the time when, when couples actually are able to make a little bit of a financial gain because they're not buying Nike tennis shoes and going to, right? Are y'all hearing me? So that's difficult. So, but mom was diagnosed with lupus, and then that, that really began to alter uh, and, settle, and set her life because she did not qualify for disability. And, uh, and so, you know, and then her health, she eventually, you know, died of a, of a um, heart disease at 59 years of age. And, and she was very, very frail. But she wasn't just very, very frail at the, at the end. She was very, very frail all the way through. And so my mom and dad made a decision after my graduation. They sold their house in Wilburn that had the mortgage on it. And they bought seven acres in Quitman. Seven acres. And I'm, and I'm sure Papa had to pay it out. And he was paying for it a little bit. And, and what they did, and my dad is here today, and my mom is deceased from 2006, so let me tell this story today. It's my day, so I'm going to tell this story. So my, Papa made it, you know what they did? They lived in a camper until they got the land paid for. Live free or die. I like it in Jesus' name. I'm for it. They, they lived in a camper while paying for it, and then dad did something. He bought what's called an Alaskan sawmill. Now, everybody knows about them now because of the DIY channels, but everybody didn't know about them 30 years ago. And so what it was for Pawpaw was it was a, an attachment for his chainsaw because on the land there were pine trees. He sold some. Somebody came in and timbered part of it. That paid for quite a bit towards the land right there. He took his saw and he made and he built a small log house. And he attached it to the camper because there was plumbing and electricity and all that in the camper while he saved money to build his house. Come on, somebody. And my mom's health gradually gets worse and worse over those years. Hard. It's hard to take care of and like that. you got doctor's bills. Come on, somebody. Y'all been there. I told you, everybody's got a testimony, right? You don't know everybody's story. That's why, when, that's why shame on you when you don't rejoice when somebody else gets blessed. Because you don't know the journey that they had to get that blessing in their life. And so Papa then, uh, you know, with one income and because mom could, no, could not work and they had sold their mortgage house, but now the land is paid for. He sold some timber off the property. Now the property is not only saving him money, but it's making him money. Come on, somebody. Y'all with me in this? I feel this. I'm going to show you a picture in just a few moments, not of that house, but of another house. And then, after he saved up, he built a fully functioning home for him and my mom. Heated and cooled, hung every piece of sheetrock, ran the wire, plumbed it, uh, insulated it, uh, uh, put the outside sheeting on it, and the board and batten, and painted it, and everything all by himself. Because the Bible says that by wisdom, a house is builded, right? And then one day... Much to the, dis- the, the shock of all of us living up in the, uh, the hill country. And they lived there for many, many years. Simple home, simple life, but no mortgage. 
I'll take that. Didn't have to write, come on, didn't have to write a check to the bank. Didn't have to give it to this guy named J.P. Morgan or uh, Wells Fargo. We've all gotten to know Wells Fargo a lot over the years, haven't we? Papa's not writing a check. Papa's cashing his check. Come on, somebody. Right? And so lived there for many years. And then one day, the oil and gas industry showed up here. And Papa, now he doesn't own 700 acres, but he owns seven. And he leased his mineral rights for almost what he paid for the land. Come on, I'm about to talk in tongues up here. And it took several years, but he eventually started getting royalty payments. First monthly, and he can't retire on, he's already retired, I mean, but, but it can, it, it, some people call that mailbox money. I call that miracle money. Come on, somebody, miracle money. And so every month, he was going to the, to the mailbox, getting a paycheck for an investment that he made Years earlier, when he bought an appreciating asset instead of a depreciating asset. Do you hear what I'm saying today? And so, and then one day, he went to the mailbox, and there was, remember I said it took a long time to get that oil and gas income going? There was back pay for an amount almost twice what he paid for the land. He called me. I don't know if he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, but there was some excitement on the other end of that phone. Now, after mom passed and four years later, he and Nancy uh, started dating and now they're all married. So he married a banker. Come on, somebody. What a strategic move. And now he and Nancy live in town, but he still got the house. Well, the house suffered termite damage, you know, the house left alone living out there. So it suffered termite damage, but at 70-something, he just 70-something, I don't know exactly, he decided he would take some of his back pay money and build him and Nancy a little cabin so when they want to be in town, they can be in town. They want to go out on the farm or live out on the seven acres, they can go out there. So now I want to show a couple pictures if we can. Hit the light for me one more time. Larry Smith, there's a light right there beside you, if you would. Hit it real quickly. So Papa, turn it off right there one more time. There it is again. So let me show these pictures. So Papa built that little cabin totally, almost totally by himself. Keep showing them real quickly if you would, Joe. Right there. And I took the pictures. You can see I'm not really that good of a photographer. And there's the inside of it right there. And look real quickly right there. And there's Papa just chilling, enjoying life. Got his leg propped up right there. Just kicking. I can see it really good if you look on that back screen. They've been telling me we need new screens, and now I can see it. It's like Papa's just chilling right there in, in, the, in, the, in the cabin. And so go ahead and turn the lights back on. Now listen real quickly. And so from my personal experience, when that cabin started taking shape and looking so nice, I told him, I said, Papa, you've got to insure that because I suffered a fire. I know. I said, you never know. And plus the Bible says that, that uh, houses are in, for an inheritance. <laughs> and so when he called me, and the lease the insurance would insure it for was $68,000. And Papa told me this. He said, if it burns, let it burn. <laughs> Just mail me the check. So now, not only did he purchase an appreciating asset, he improved it. He saved money by being mortgage-free. Now he has a tangible piece of property and a cabin to enjoy and to leave as an inheritance for his family, as already stated, remarried to a banker, come on somebody, lives in a house in town, got one in the country, 
and he's my partner in the cattle business, and he's got 10 head of adult cattle eating the same grass my cattle are eating right now. Now, what's that? What are you saying, Pastor Well? Because he could have sat at home and wallowed because his wife was dying of a disease that would eventually take her life, but he got up and he did something, and he took control of his own life, and now, many years later, God's blessed him. Come on, somebody. That's why I came to this house today to tell you, shut up, get up, take control of your own life, and watch God bless you, your family, your children, and your children's children. To God be the glory. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me today.